Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member or members of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm your host, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast are special guests Layla Okori, Diana Rakova, and AJ Rewat. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're pretty pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty chill weekend. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. Yeah, what did I do this weekend? I mean, I played soccer with my little neighbors today, <laughs> and, like, my foot hurts so bad because I have really bad technique, and both of them are, like, I get, like, they play soccer, you know, that's their thing, and they were, like, judging me. No, they weren't. They were kind of helping me. They were, like, you got to do it like this, and I was, like, oh, my God, thank you. I can never. <laughs> Soccer's not the sport for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's for me either. I mean, I can, like, run a lot, but, like, I can't really kick in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never been into soccer, but mm-hmm. uh, you guys are all here, and you're you're here instead of watching the the very poor Seahawks game right oh now. God, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, We're I don't know how that's going right now. Not, not doing very well. Oh no, because I left my house and the score was like three to thirteen because my mom likes watching it. So I don't watch football. Yeah, so. I kind of just watch it for the fun of it. Like yeah. I'll kind of check out for half of it, maybe. Yeah, I don't even know how that game works. Like I yeah. can't. My roommate does a lot, so I just watch it with him. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun to scream. Sweat yeah. <laughs> it all out. Right now we're twenty three to twenty eight. Oh, so we're, we caught game? up. Wait, so we're, we're 23. We're 23 oh, against the yeah. Packers. Okay, wait, we yeah. can do it. Wait, what, what quarter? Is it? <laughs> we're in fourth quarter, two oh, minutes away, so most likely. You know, that's just the Seattle you know, way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping our fans on, the, on their toes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what film-related things are you guys uh, into right now? It, it might not be relevant uh, when we first, mm. or when we release this, mm. but... Uh, if you want, if you, if you want to like add anything, um, the first thing I can think of is Little Women. I saw it on Christmas and it was really magical. That was like the first time I ever went to the movie theater on Christmas because mm-hmm. I was like, "This is my one Christmas wish, Mom, don't mess it up." So <laughs> then I went with my sister and it was really awesome. Like I just kept nudging her during like all the cool scenes and yeah. like, the funny scenes and it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Timothy Chalamet and Florence Pugh, but I yeah, haven't, I haven't seen it though. Yeah, yeah. and Sersha. Don't forget Sersha. I heard it's non-linear. Like the story goes back and forth. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really cool. It can get confusing at some points, but I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it. And my French teacher really liked it, too. He, like, brought it up in class one time, and I was like, yes. <laughs> but also, I think he's a cinema major, like, half cinema, half literature. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. That's cool. I see you. Yeah. Uh, are there are any of you uh, interested in doing CMS? Mm, I don't know. I'm pretty backed up with all the things. I haven't thought about it yet, because I don't have my major decided yet. So I'm kind of, like sort of floating right now <laughs> but it seems like a cool like um major aren't are you minoring in it i wish there was a minor for it yeah. oh there well, isn't there is oh. that makes it so it. inconvenient I yeah feel like. yeah yeah i hate how UW doesn't have like a psychology minor i feel like everyone mm-hmm. would do that though because yeah. it's like such a cool like area so they probably don't have enough like teachers for yeah. it yeah. it's it's a relatively well it was part of like the comparative literature mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. program and then it got split off into its own thing so it's still like a, re- a relatively new department and uh, they don't have the resources to have a minor because I bet that would be like oh, insanely popular yeah. if it yeah. was offered as a minor but uh, yeah it's unfortunate but no I'm a hopeful econ major I'm applying oh, at the end of the year that's really <laughs> cool yeah. congrats yeah uh, 
my freshman year was just like full of doubt and like mm. like mm. what path do I take? I don't know. I'm gonna take this class. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm gonna take this class. Yeah. Why is that the mood for me? Because I'm yeah. kind of leaning towards international studies right now. Oh, okay. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, my like fig leader was an econ major, so I guess I learned some things from him. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I'm pro. I don't think I'm gonna do that though. Yeah. Yeah. But good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good luck on uh, to both of you oh, for for uh, for all your endeavors in that in freshman year. Freshman year is really oh, thank hard. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, what year are you? Um, uh, I'm a freshman, but I came in with running start credits, so mm-hmm. I came in with ninety credits. Uh, wow. Yeah, but I'm also an art major, and so mm-hmm. that's like I don't have to like get uh, into that per se, mm-hmm. and I knew that that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just right in, Whoa, into the thick really of it, cool. like, yeah, nice. it's pretty cool, lots of, mm. lots of hours, so I have a almost Whoa. three-hour class Monday through Thursday, so. Wow, yeah, I heard some of the art classes are that long, like, my friend wanted to take this one, and it was, like, three hours, yeah. which is so daunting, but I guess, like, lab students have to deal with three-hour classes as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you don't notice it, it goes by very fast, mm-hmm. but still, like, you come out of it, and you're like, oh my god. That was three hours, and then you have homework assignments, and yeah. 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 (laughs) It's fun, though. I like it. (laughs) Well, as of when we're recording this on Sunday, January 12th of the year 2020, uh, the Oscars, the the Oscar nominations, rather, are going to be announced tomorrow morning. Oh! Oh. Wait! (laughs) I forgot about that. I think in the wake of that, it's really good that we're recording this now, Ooh. this particular podcast, because this movie, for better or worse, is a major, major, mm-hmm. major contender for Best Picture, and that mm-hmm. movie is The Divisive Joker. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starring Walking Phoenix, it's basically an origin story for Arthur Fleck and his journey into becoming that character that we all know him as and what do you guys think about it (laughs) i love it i love it to death um i thought it was a good film like coming from like a background of not being obsessed with the dc world or like the franchise i thought it was a a, like a really good film even as coming from a background of being a dc film Mm -hmm. guy i actually liked it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not really into DC or Marvel. Like superheroes <laughs> and superhero movies in general aren't just my thing yet. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy parts <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> um, but I think overall I'm a little bit confused as to what this movie's actually trying to say. Cuz I think it goes and shoots for a lot of different themes and dealing with like class and dealing with <laughs> daddy issues dealing with <laughs> I didn't want to phrase it like that but it's the only way I could think to say it um, yeah. you know obviously like the the oppression and deterioration of people with mental health um, and their lack of resources and but I feel like it, it, it goes in a lot of different paths but never really sticks to one to the point where I, I feel really conflicted about it I think that's a valid point, but I remember that they talked about how they kind of made it um, open, I guess, open-minded maybe, like Mm -hmm. how people like have many interpretations of it, and that might have been connected to you feeling how there was like a lot of questions at the end, like where was it going, like what was it Mm -hmm. trying to say, but like in particular, I think they didn't state like Arthur's major illness, like I know he had like that laughing illness, Mm -hmm. but they didn't say if he was like 
if he had like schizophrenia because I know one of the fan theories was that the whole thing was a joke. It was a dream. Mm. Like, you know, whenever I, I actually I could happens. Not, I could not accept that. I don't that. know. I thought that was a really interesting It's interesting, theory. but for my, yeah. for my personal mental health, I don't think I could. I could. But, yeah, I think that's a really good point about it being very ambiguous. But mm-hmm. I also think that all of those different things working together, you know, class, family issues, um, mental health, all of it, I think, has a center point of wanting us to kind of think about how important it is to be kind and to communicate with people, you know, because a lot of those a lot of those things have to do with other people and other people either, you know, not listening to him or, or not wanting to be involved and being the bystander. And I think that it's it kind of highlights the dangers of, of being a bystander, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah, I guess the main deal of the movie was how Archer was being neglected by the society and people around him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally get that point. I think that there's, uh, like, the final quote of the movie, I think, is, is pretty indicative of that, whether, like, Todd Phillips intended for that to happen or not. It's because he is thinking about the this quote unquote joke basically yeah. where this is major this is major a major spoiler podcast by the way so you can <laughs> say all the, everything that happens but and the joke in his mind is basically that his his unintended revolution is basically what caused the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents and how I kind of interpreted that was less about like he thought that act itself was funny, but he says, like, oh, you wouldn't get it because, like, you haven't experienced the pain that I have. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I was trying to draw from that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess what, what my interpretation is that Joker is trying to say that he and Batman are kind of connected with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, the running team in all the comics and movies that you see around right nowadays mm-hmm. and before, like, they are both interconnected. How do you guys feel about the connection between um, b- between this? Because I, I, it's a, it's like a standalone it's like yeah. a standalone movie, but it does have that connection to uh, Thomas Wayne, <coughs> the potential of him being uh, his father, and I thought that was an interesting mm. kind of element. But I think they might have gone like a little bit too far in a couple places. So I want to know what you guys think about that, and it's still holding up as its own thing. Um, well, I know people brought up like the age gap between. Batman, what's his Bruce name? Wayne. Bruce, Bruce Wayne, and Joker in this adaption of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were talking, or I guess, hint, or kind of guessing mm-hmm. that Joaquin Phoenix's character, Arthur Fleck, isn't actually the Joker. He might have inspired another person mm-hmm. I saw that. to mm-hmm. become the Joker and kill Bruce Wayne's parents. So there's like a lot of conspiracy about, about that, because there's like a big age yeah, gap yeah, between yeah. them, based on like the other films' mm-hmm. um, age gaps between them. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Take and I have like no experience with all of this. I don't really know the storyline, the original storyline or anything like that. Uh, I, I know they're not really supposed to be related, but like I kind of like that they did that because it kind of makes you think like that this could happen to anybody and it could happen to somebody that you know, you know? And, and I think that is also like, I mean, that can be said for a lot of things, including you know, mental illness and addiction and all these things that people don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. It can happen, to, it can happen, and it can happen to your life because it can affect somebody in your life, you know? Um, so I think that kind of emphasizes that, the relationship. And mm-hmm. also too about like um, 
Thomas Wayne, Batman's dad, right? Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I think it, I think his character, like, obviously he's, like, one of the antagonists, if you will. But, like, I think it kind of blurs that line of not necessarily, like, good and bad, but, like, like the two different sides, right, of... I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. Like, kind of like class, you know, like, like people obviously look up to him and think he's a great person, but there's another side of that, you know, and, and so, yeah. Mm. This is sort of, sort of off topic again, but um, do you think that we're, um, like, kind of blindlessly supposed to, well, that's not the right word, but, like, do you, do you think that throughout the movie we're supposed to be sympathizing with Arthur despite everything questionable that he does. I guess that was the intention of Torfellis. I mean, he begins the movie with Archer being bullied by some children mm. on the sidewalk. He gets beaten up. And, like, that's what he's trying to say, I guess. I, I guess at least in the initial part, we, tried, we uh, have to sympathize with him. Mm. Uh, have any of you seen, like, Taxi Driver or The King of Comedy, the Scorsese movies? I've read a lot about the Taxi Driver. Okay. Right, well. I haven't seen them, but I know that they're very um, heavily yeah. similar. Um, similar to The Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen, uh, what's it called, Taxi Driver? Yeah. I haven't seen that one, but I've seen Fight Club and American Psycho, which have mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. both been mm-hmm. tied to it. Oh, this does have sort of a, a, a Fight Club flourish to it in a particular scene. Um I guess we we can get into that later, yeah, or we can get th- we'll get into that now. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to talk about yeah, that, yeah, I mean, we're here. We're here. I saw it recently, Fight Club. So, Fight. yeah, I watched Fight Club like a year ago, and mm. it wasn't like my favorite movie. Like, which I remember, um, Ben Gates he like made fun of me for that, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know, like maybe it's because I was tired when I watched it, so I'll probably have to give it a rewatch. But yeah. Shout out to Ben. I don't know if he even <laughs> listens to these podcasts, but I'll send this one to him. Once it's out. <laughs> Shout out to Ben for making fun of me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that movie until 2019, and I after I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I took so long to watch oh. that." That's that's another one of my favorite movies, which nice. makes sense. So, yeah, it is really really good. the The book is also pretty fantastic as well, but I was uh, I was referring to. That scene where it's like the, the flashback when his supposed relationship with Sophie mm-hmm. is sort of diminished, oh, and yeah. we, we see a flashback. Oh, it wasn't actually she wasn't actually there with him the whole time, mm-hmm. which I thought that was like a little bit on the nose because I feel like you you kind of got that from when he was in the apartment. She freaks out, but mm-hmm. I don't. It actually came as a surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah. think a lot of people actually kind of yeah. missed it, yeah, even it with came, it the came flashbacks. As a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew once you know she was like, "Oh, what, what are you doing here?" You know, I knew then. Um, but I, I like that they had the flashbacks because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like all of those moments are such like, such like not huge, but like, like important pivotal, for him. Pivotal moments. Yeah, those well, those moments where they showed her like there and then her not being there mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. him being by his mother who was sick and then she disappears kind of thing yeah, yeah and like all those I think all those moments were just such important moments for him because you know it's like like human connection for him mm-hmm. and then he's like thinking like oh my god all of that was not real and right. yeah so so you think like her purpose in this story is very much just like her or for him to try to fill a void that he doesn't have 
Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's sort of what I got the, yeah. what her, the point of her character is. Which I think is like a little bit iffy because it's like she's kind of just being used as an accessory for, for Arthur. But, I mean, I think in terms of like what this is trying to go for, it, it works decently well. Yeah, um... I thought I, I liked the relationship a lot. I think it made I think it ha, it has an effect on us as the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know you're you're looking at all this and you're seeing you're thinking oh everything's going well everything's finally looking up, you know, and then it's kind of like a a reality check. Um, and even though yeah, like technically she herself doesn't have her own like you know that much like character depth in a way, you know, since it's all in his head. I think it's just kind of another layer, kind of, of, like, how his mind has created this way of thinking for him. And how he can take that one human interaction that was with somebody being Mm -hmm. kind to him and, like, branch it off into this whole other path. Mm -hmm. I kind of see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> like you can tell, he, it shows you that he wants these things. Right. You know, right. he wants no, for to sure. be a normal person. For sure. I don't know. I, I feel like it's not even really one thing that I can point to that makes me that makes me feel sort of off putting with this movie. But um, if you guys remember, it might it might have been a, a while since you two <laughs> have seen it. But what was like the one thing that when you left the movie you you were thinking of, or like that you mm-hmm. felt at the end of the movie. Um, I kind of felt that there was less of Joker and more of Arthur for me in the movie. Like, Joker only of the Joker, like, I mean, mm. the one we know from the other movies. He only appears in, like, the last half hour or something like that. So yeah. I kind of felt that he was not there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there definitely was more of Arthur Fleck than the Joker, so that was kind of surprising. Because, I mean, it is called Joker. <laughs> Um, but I kind of, like, left feeling, like, a little confused. I think I was mostly confused about the dad storyline. Like, we had to talk about that afterwards. Yeah. And I think that's what mostly confused me. Um, I think... Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. But I think that's... I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I was, like, a little bit... A um, little bit iffy about because I thought that what they were trying to go for was really interesting because at first they, they bring upon, like, this... Um, this kind of dream sequence when he's watching the, the Murray show mm. and he's in the audience and yeah. Murray calls him out and says like, oh, like, you know, I would give this all up if I had a son like you. So clearly he he longs for that like fatherly figure in his life. But it's also like, so there's that, but there's also the Thomas Wayne element. So it's like they're both sort of like representations of what he's longing for, but I like... It's sort of it's sort of weird how it handles it in my opinion because it's like it's it's like these two diverging different people but it's like it's like attacking the same issue and hitting the same vein and I don't think like I feel like it should have just like stuck to one I like what they did with Thomas Wayne because I feel like that is an interesting um, uh, sort of class class based thing like okay Thomas can just like write off this child he has and like write off his mom as, as insane um, and, and all that and like he still get away with it because he's fine um, while he's you know suffering and paying the consequences I guess but I kind of just lost my turn of thought but you, 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 know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm getting at yeah, yeah. 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 well I think I think like um, 
So even though I, I pretty much I enjoyed like everything basically in the movie personally, mm-hmm. um, but that I would agree that that the father thing was a little bit um, confusing at times. Like what probably left me the most confused was like, because uh, after he like kills his mom and he's sitting there in his apartment getting ready and stuff, and he see he has this picture of his mom, and on the back it says "I love your smile," and then it says from Wayne. And so that I'm, I'm like, okay, wait. So they actually were in a relationship, right? But like everything's already done. You know, his mom's already dead. You know, this this Arthur isn't gonna believe otherwise. Like, I, I or his opinion about the whole story isn't gonna change by now. So that was a little bit confusing for me. But I think, I think maybe like um, Marie is kind of like. Uh, the like emotional father figure that he wants, and then uh, Thomas Wayne is the physical father, the one that like he can actually like in his mind reach out to because he believes that's his biological father. You know, he may not think he's like the best person or whatever. You know, um, but I think like the personality of like that that father figure or emotional element to it is is Murray for Arthur I think Mm -hmm. but I do see Mm -hmm. yeah I think Murray is kind of like a role model because isn't he like a comedian like a talk show host right and that's kind of as we see throughout the film we kind of see Arthur attempting to become a comedian Mm. it kind of feels yeah and and also it's his mother's favorite show and his mother is like calls him happy it's like you're here to put a smile on people's face oh I forgot about that yeah calls him happy I didn't catch that until like my third viewing because I had subtitles on that time and I was like oh I didn't know that oh (laughs) wow that's interesting that's like ironic (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) The, that end scene with Murray, it's like he's finally just, like, taking out all his frustrations about about Thomas Wayne onto Murray, and, like, his whole dream of being a comedian is, like, completely crumbled, and just, like, he's just, like, a total loner with nothing. I, I really... Upon rewatch, I really do like that that scene a lot. Yeah, that's the scene that I actually, I think, was thinking about the most when I left the theater. When I left the theater, I was really thinking about, like, everything. Like, whoa, like, that was a lot, you know? Um, but, yeah, I really, really like that scene. I think that the tension in that scene is also really, really good. And yeah. I just, I, my jaw dropped in that f- film mm-hmm. mul- multiple mm-hmm. times upon my first viewing because a lot of, like, unexpected stuff happened. But, anyways... Yeah, I really like that scene because I think, like, you know, because he, he's going there with the intention of shooting himself on live mm-hmm. television. Yeah. And, you know, when he's looking for the joke and everything, and they're like, oh, you had to look for that. And then he kind of stops and he sees this page and, you know, there's that line, I hope my death makes more sense than my life. Yeah. And he's kind of like, okay. I, I think that line is really cheesy. I'm just yeah. going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, because it's a little bit edgy, but like, I think I don't know. I think the journal is it, it's it's a, a doorway to how he thinks and mm-hmm. how how he sees the world and everything. And so you know, he kind of looks over that line and it's like, actually, I'm about to go off. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact about the journal: apparently, Joaquin Phoenix was instructed to like write down like his thoughts the way the Joker would. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. It was similar to how he Yeah, and when, it. like, the, I guess one of the press interviewers asked him, like, what he wrote about, he said, like, he wrote about the Joker dreaming about going to California, which kind of connects with his 
um, which to be like a comedian, mm-hmm. kind of like seeking or like reaching for something that he kind of... Wanting to be seen by people. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he can't really obtain. Yeah. About the journal, like I've read like a theory that um, there are like two different handwritings you could see. It's actually his right hand, he's writing with his right hand, and then changes to his left yeah. hand. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, when Arthur is writing, he's writing with his right hand, but when Joker is writing, he's writing with his left hand. Mm-hmm. So there was this line of... Uh, uh, the worst part of having a mental illness is that people, people expect like, you to behave be, as if yeah. you don't. <laughs> so he writes the first half in the right hand, but when he writes from here, they expect you to be left with the left hand. Yeah, it's really interesting. Wow. Also about the finalist, shoot the when he shoots Murray Franklin. Even though the movie set up that he's gonna shoot himself, I kind of half expected that he would he won't do that. Have you seen uh, the Dark Knight Returns Part Two, the animated one? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's a scene quite similar to that where he's on a talk show with his psych- psychiatrist and he's uh, with a, on a TV talk show mm-hmm. and then he kills the psychiatrist with a, with a cup. It was a, it's a really good scene. Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to maybe check that out. I haven't seen any of like, the animated DC stuff. but yeah. mm. uh, Even... I, I actually like animated movies more than direction sometimes. Especially for DC. Some really good ones. Do I have yeah. to see part one to, to see part two? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one is uh, Under the Red Hood. I, I've heard about that, I think. Mm. I heard about that, yeah. Oh, yeah, when I was researching Batman movies yesterday, I found out that um, I, Tim Burton directed yeah, yeah. three of them. I think three of them. Oh, that was three of them. Yeah, was, I just knew I forget what they're called, but there was three of them. I was like, whoa, Tim Burton. I didn't expect that of you. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any of them, but I've heard they're I've heard that they're they're pretty good. I like Tim Burton. Tim Burton's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Tim Burton's done super recently though. Uh Dumbo and that's all I can think of. <laughs> but I didn't see Dumbo. <laughs> so I can't say anything about it, but I remember yeah. I wanted to because Danny DeVito, but <clears throat> uh, Oh yeah. my god. I Forgot that. Because. <laughs> <laughs> just in, I mean, I do that with a lot of movies. Yeah. Just go for the actor. Yeah. yeah. Like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great actor, yeah. <laughs> I like how it's going to be. Great timing. Like, Should we keep that in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you edit these podcasts? That's like a big question I had. Yeah, yeah. I do edit these podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's excruciating because I hate hearing my own voice. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I bet that's excruciating. I kind of like my own voice. <laughs> that's good. That's I good. wish. That I wish. Re- yeah, that just reminds me <laughs> Like the me one we did for Jojo Rabbit, I watch it like sometimes in the night like to sleep my, to put myself to sleep. <laughs> Oh my god, no, my mom calls like me that. in her car, so I'm on speaker and I can just hear my voice echoing back. Yeah. It's my least favorite thing ever. Like you. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. I think that this movie, for everything it's going for, is really, really not subtle at all. And I'm not sure, like, because I, you could make, the, you could totally make the argument oh, that well, that's what it's going for because it's trying to be direct. But I don't know, like, what thematically it's really saying outside of like, you know, he's treated poorly and he wants to be treated better and like the whole kindness thing. Like, I, it, I feel like the movie acts like it's saying a lot more than just we need to be kinder to people. It seems like a a grand statement, a grand, really bold, artful statement. But that's all just through, like, the presentation, I feel. 
And there are really great moments of subtlety, like at the beginning where he's talking to, um, he's talking to his therapist, and then he's saying he's I I um, he's saying something about like oh did I tell you that I was pre- I was planning on pursuing a career in stand up comedy, and she says like oh no you didn't tell me that, and he's, he insists I think I did, mm-hmm. I think I did like I'm sure I did, and I feel like that's a really good indication of like okay so so. You know, society at large, society, society at large doesn't really care about about Joker, but like in a way, neither really does does she. She's just doing her job. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really good, clever moment to to reflect that. But then I think in the next scene with the therapist, it's obviously that great line, "All I have are negative thoughts." But like, it's it's just like really directly explained. This is exactly what I'm feeling. You don't listen to me, and she's like. I don't know. I, I feel like so much of this movie would be improved if it was a little bit more subtle, yet a little bit like more, a little bit like more focused in what it's trying to to do or try to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually remember uh, watching a like video essay or like one of those YouTube mm. videos that talks about film, and they talked about you know the greatness of having sub, uh, subtle dialogue and you know everything like that, and how that can build it up and, and everything. But I almost feel like for this movie, because like one of Arthur's main points is the fact that he wants to be seen and he wants to be heard, and nobody ever does. Mm-hmm. And so I think like all these moments with him saying exactly to people what he's thinking and what he's feeling and having them totally disregard it, you know, um, it's I think it's just like a showing of how he's like trying to to tell people like, hey, you know, you're not listening to me, like. I don't know, and, and it kind of reminds me also of, like, uh, An American Psycho. I know you guys haven't seen it, but it's not a spoiler. Um, but there's, like, a couple times where he's like, oh, I'm going to kill somebody, you know? And people are like, ha! <laughs> you know? So, and, and, you know, I think it's also, like, kind of... Uh, I, I don't want to say realistic, but, like, um, just back to, like, the whole bystander point, like... Oh, yeah, like, if you know, a lot of times in conversations, you know, you'll tell people, like, oh, yeah, this happened, or in the world, like, you know, global warming, or whatever political news happened that's bad, and they're like, oh, that's so bad, that's so terrible, what a terrible thing, and then move on, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So, that's why I kind of see it as. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, like, what was the time period of this movie? Um, I guess it's not really in the real world, yeah. right? It's in Gotham. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if, like... It's still set, like, during, like, the like yes. 1970s. Oh, like, okay. Like oh, I thought, yeah, I don't know if that would have, like, a play into it somehow. Well, because, yeah, because I... Isn't, wasn't the 80s when, like, Ronald Reagan cut uh, health care or, like, mental health funds? I'm pretty sure that's when that happened. I think and it's I think it's trying to parallel like a like a war on drugs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's I think in terms of like setting and in terms of like the political revolution that ends up happening, it's kind of going for that similar thing where it's like uh, kill the rich, which like literally that's mm-hmm. it's like really really um, on the nose and kind of cheesy, but yeah, I guess it's going for that same kind of vibe. Yeah. I guess Darkfoot was trying to make it clear that he doesn't want it to be political at all. Mm-hmm. He. Mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting is that both the sides are trying to put them on, on each other. Like, oh, this is movie is doing on uh, class and crime is doing capitalism. Right? They're trying to bash each other with a movie that is not political. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
A random thought I just had was, have you guys seen the show Mr. Robot? Yeah. Um, I thought, like, this movie kind of parallels it, because at the end of the season of Mr. Robot season one, um, everyone is just kind of in chaos wearing um, the, I forget what the masks are called in Mr. Robot, but they're all wearing masks at the end, and then at the end of Joker, everyone's wearing mm. a clown mask, so it kind of parallels um, Mr. Robot. But, I mean, they both obviously have different themes. But I thought that was a fun parallel. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's it's fun to see like like anarchic imagery in movies, especially in ones like this. And a Mr. Robot. Have you seen season four? I, I really need to. I haven't started season two. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just season one. I'm very behind. But season one's good, season two's really good. Season three's Ooh. fantastic. Wow. So you're you're in for you're in for cool. a treat. Okay. Oh, I could tell Layla's getting a little upset because, like, I know you love this no, movie no, so much. No, no, I'm not much. getting upset. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, if I'm red, it's because I'm, like, trying to, like, actually make sense with what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Okay, I, I didn't, I didn't know if you were, like. No, like, no, I'm totally fine. God it's damn, fine. he's totally, he's entirely no, wrong no. about this movie. Yeah, um, I know. I, like, feel reminded of, like, Socratic seminars trying to come up with, like, the best ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's in the chiller environment. Not the same, not the same. Yeah. 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 Pat and I, um, I'm sitting here just trying to think like about the movie and all that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you. No, that. you're good. <laughs> Thank you for considering my feelings. <laughs> uh, no, I know, but like like we we've, we've just talked a lot about about this movie yeah. and you bring it Truthfully, up. Truthfully, I'm trying so. to think of things to sway you. <laughs> really? Ooh. Yes. Like how do I back up my argument? I mean, there's been a couple of things. There's been a, a couple of really good points about like you mentioned uh, him just trying to be hurt. I think that's a really good point, mm-hmm. and like that um, sort of as an explanation for like the lack of subtlety sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think that is a really good point, um, which is good. It's I'm glad that like that at least one of us has a <laughs> sort of a conflicting. Yeah, otherwise debate. we'd all just be talking in circles. Like right. oh, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, like, better to, like, have more conflicting thoughts than, yeah. like, we all agree, because there's, like, more things to bring up. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, you know, speaking of which, about, like, communication and stuff, like, I think, like, I don't know, when I got out of the movie theater, I was, like, I, I felt like it was honestly, to me, kind of really relevant for, like, what was, like, going on or what I feel like was going on at the time, just because I feel like... Uh, our communication as a society is kind of being shut down as in like people with opposite political views and different ideas in general we don't really know I think how to talk about them a lot of times like you know for instance like um like with the problem or with the like political discussion of like abortion one side is saying this is murder and then the other side is saying this is about women's reproductive rights so they have these two different beliefs but they're not communicating with each other they're just like completely still or you know um they're concrete in in their belief and um oh i was going somewhere with this (laughs) um yeah so you know just i kind of and you know other thing too is is the importance of of mental health because right now in america the majority of the homeless population are people with severe mental illnesses like schizophrenia who you know they are severely ill they don't have the resources that they need to function and so they're out in the streets and then people are like why are all these crazy homeless people everywhere you know so I kind of left it and I was like I think that was kind of also a wake-up call 
for what we need to address in real life as well, which mm-hmm. is, it is a broad point, but it is the whole thing of like, we need to be kinder to each other. We need to talk to each other. Cause if not, this is, this is an example of what could happen. And I, I think Arthur Fleck was supposed to be one of those examples, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not in a literal sense. I don't think a whole riot would happen mm-hmm. right now, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it definitely, this movie is definitely, like, first and foremost, like, a cautionary tale. Just, like, what, what can happen in the worst of circumstances to a person like this that's so vulnerable and so um, so susceptible to this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, um, tagging along with that, I know that this movie got a lot of hate about being too violent. What are your guys' opinions on that? <laughs> okay, okay. The scene, the scene in the apartment, I actually had to like look away. I'm like, okay, that was too much. Oh, that yeah, was, definitely. I didn't look away so though. Cool of me. <laughs> oh my god. I was so happy he saved um, the yeah. second one. Yeah. He didn't kill the second one. I was like, yeah. I know. I, okay. I yeah. love that. I, oh my god. It's like. I'm sorry. Just That's a really tasteless joke, though. Like, the midget thing, he's, like, hop- hopping yeah. up. Like, oh, God. Yeah, that really <laughs> Todd was. Phillips, stop it. Yeah, it really was. I know you make Hangover movies, but c- calm down a second. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Did, he did make Hangover, right? Yeah. I never watched, though. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting that he went from Hangover to this. Yeah. So, like, disclaimer real quick. Um, I love horror movies. I love, like gritty, terrible, violent movies. They're, they're my thing. They always have been. So for a person like me, I, when, I, when I heard all the rumors and everything about this film, I was walking into that movie theater thinking, okay, this guy's going to come up with a, like an assault rifle and just blast a bunch <laughs> of people away. This guy's going to follow women and, and assault them and, and call them names. This guy's going to be just a, a, a menace. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, okay. Like... I don't know for me like it wasn't it wasn't bad at all to me like I but at the same time I have seen media that's much worse mm. I mean I even in the Walking Dead TV show there's worse things and that show is widely loved <laughs> you know I mean a guy beats other people with a bat that has barbed wire wrapped around it Whoa. yeah and people are like Oh, this is such a good show. Yeah, we just have seen even uh, enough Tarantino movies and like, yeah. Game of Thrones, something that, yeah, most of Game them. of Thrones is a good example, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Or John Wick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that was more wild than Joe Ben. just like. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. I haven't seen that movie yet. I would say. I watch pretty tame movies, and I didn't think Joker was super violent. So, coming from me, like, I'm pretty terrified of horror movies. Um, yeah, I, like, watch them in my free time. Like, hey, let's see if this yeah. is any good. I, it's not... Joker, overall, I mean, as you could tell from what my opinion has been so far, is not one of my favorite movies of 2019. But, not gonna lie, it's kind of one of my favorite horror movies of 2019. Mm. <laughs> if, you, if you view it as that. There's a lot of tension and suspense. It's, 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 like, it's more like a thriller than mm-hmm. a horror, but I guess like if you if you consider those to be synonymous, then like... I mean, you yeah. can say Parasite is a horror movie as well, in a way. Yeah. Parasite's yeah. so good. You I'm have so I curious seen about it. that movie. I want to watch it so I know. Like, People are saying it's amazing. I don't know what it's even about, but I guess that's like the best thing, because I hate when I, like, I know too much about movies, and then you go and you're like... Go in knowing as little as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's the, that's the best experience yeah. for sure. Yeah, but like, yeah, I also think you know John Wick is a really good example because mm. people love those movies and and kung fu movies and yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. It's awesome. It's it's awesome fun. You know, seeing people do cool fighting stuff and when I they're. I want to watch it. Man, feel feel bad. 
I've heard the Inman series is actually a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I, the second one is the best one till yet. I haven't watched the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but like the kill count in those movies are insane. Oh. And John <laughs> yeah. John Wick, like his specialty is is firearms, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody's like, don't go to John Wick three. There's gonna be a mass shooting. <laughs> like, you know. So it's just I I didn't I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I, think, I mean, I think because Joker from the get go, they were trying to have some veil of authenticity to it. Like this, this could is something that could occur, occur, occur <laughs> in the in the real world. With John Wick, it's like it's like this heightened, yeah, like, otherworldly. I don't even know like what the universe of John Wick is, but it's got like its own currency and it's mm-hmm. wild. Uh, but so so there's like with John Wick, it's like a super violent movie or whatever, and they're a lot of fun because it's like it's sort of. It doesn't take it. Doesn't take itself too seriously. It sort of operates outside of the realm of like reality, I guess. Yeah. With yeah, with Joker, it's like this is like trying to be, to be more a realistic. really serious yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Since you brought up the apartment scene, I would say that's the first uh, Joker scene, quote unquote, where like he becomes a Joker. If I actually was um, that was a good. Sorry to interrupt you. Mm. That was a. I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna ask you guys like. Uh, what do you guys think of of the uh, the infamous bathroom scene? Where he's doing I was gonna the, bring uh, that up. Like that. That's kind of like I guess his quote unquote transformation. Yeah. yeah. After he kills the the three yeah. Wall Street brokers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say I would say that transformation happens when he kills his mother and not the bathroom mm-hmm. scene. That's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna comment that like the scene where he dances was definitely like a scene that like stuck in my head afterwards and I think Joaquin Phoenix that's just how he dances like yeah. apparently yeah. Yeah, he, he just like, was doing it and then Todd Phillips was like that's what you're gonna do yeah, yeah. so quick point also <laughs> the, the, the refrigerator scene is also improvised yeah. he just did that they're like what is he doing I don't know yeah, yeah so I think that's great oh. And yeah. he dislocated his leg, right? Or dislocated something. Remember when he was kicking the trash bags? He oh, actually oh fell yeah. in yeah. real life, which I thought wow. was so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like the... That's method the acting right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like the bathroom scene. I really like just the whole um, dancing element that they added to it. I think it's it's really cool because mm-hmm. I think, like, it like, you know, it's a form of expression for him. And it's... Um, kind of like you know and also too before he goes on to the Murray show he's you know sitting there dancing and mm-hmm. the other people like looking at him like what is he doing that's mm-hmm. weird you know mm-hmm. um but it's kind of like it like the way I see it is like especially me being an art major it's like people's own individual way of expressing themselves may not make sense to other people but it makes sense to them you know and it's their way and it's kind of like a um I mean, he, it, he didn't do it healthily in other ways, mm-hmm. but, like, that, I feel like, was the, like, only, like, escape that he really had that was real. And, you know, he didn't imagine it, and it wasn't, like, you know, I, I don't know, it's just, like, his, his way of, like, kind of being his, like, true self, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I really liked it. Um and I think it showed also the, the moments in the movie when he felt most at peace and at home, um, which, you know, there weren't great things that he did at all, but, yeah, it kind of gets you in his mind a little bit, I think. I would say that uh, Phoenix had a lot of creativity and freedom in this movie. Like, uh, Darfield just gave him the script where he's not interacting with you and, like, he was like, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. 
and he just imagined himself being in that situation and how would Archer react. Like he just went in the refrigerator. Yeah. Nobody knows why. Yeah, and yeah. watching it was so like surreal almost. Oh, like oh, watching yeah. it, you're like, what? But you you totally understood it, mm. like it being in that position or being in that moment in, a, in your life when you're just like, you want to get away from everything, everything is just too much and you want to escape, so he just decides to go into the refrigerator. Okay. And it's, I think it's such a relatable moment. Yeah, that scene. <laughs> it's funny. really funny. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I thought you guys just meant open the fridge. No. I, I couldn't remember the scene. I was like, what's, a, what's wrong with eating food? <laughs> but, and then the scene popped up in my Goes head. to the fridge, gets himself a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> no, but he actually put himself in the fridge. Yeah, he was I just like, yeah. Yeah. And also, the fun fact is that Hilda, the comp- uh, composer, mm-hmm. actually wrote the s- soundtrack before even filming the movie. Filming the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, he, Arthur used that to uh, make, you know, dance on the tune kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie was pretty... Or, the music. Yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna, I mean, the movie was spooky, too. <laughs> the music yeah. was pretty spooky. It won, it won the best soundtrack on Go- uh, Golden Globes. Wow. Deservingly, yeah. I think. It was it, really good. Yeah. It, it makes... It just... It, it intensifies the uncomfortable, uncomfortableness of everything. And I think, I think, honestly, like, the cinematography and, like, mm. the way everything was filmed and, like, I guess the way... It, the story was told for me actually was like I think a really big part of it and like the little details that they added about his his laugh being an illness and the, his dancing mm-hmm. and um, yeah I'll, I'll, it'll come back to me but <laughs> yeah all those little things um, oh the way his body looked also mm-hmm. I think that's really really important and uh, it just intensified everything mm-hmm. I think just to go back to our point about subtlety, I think a lot of your perception of this movie will be dependent on whether you like you think that that lack of subtlety is like an intentional choice. Because I think the music is is really well composed and it's re- it works really well in some in some scenes. Like I think the bathroom scene is when it works the best. Uh, it's when it's like the most uncomfortable. Like kind of um, like it really just like envelops you in that scene. But I think certain scenes where he's like walking home and he's up the stairs and it's all like these strings and they're and it's just like <laughs> the movie screaming at you like be sad yeah. when like it's not really saying like it it it's so uh, trying to like draw sympathy out of this character and that's sort of another thing too is that earlier I brought up the comparison between something like Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy and I get that those are totally two completely different movies but these are still like they're both like very. Uh, heavy influences influences on this just in terms of like premises um, I guess because like the canon comedy is like this guy who worships this um, this TV comedian and taxi driver is this guy who's like a psychopath that is a taxi driver mm-hmm. and gets into a bunch of crazy stuff and anyway my point <laughs> is um is I feel like in those movies those main characters are like are very like nuanced like like sure they might not deserve all the flack that they're getting but it's also like they did stuff in their position to be mistreated and i feel like in this i get that's not i get what's going for a message about the mistreatment of 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 people like arthur but it's like it feels like it's really just like from the opening frame just like shoving it down your throat like oh my god he just got beat up by a bunch of kids and oh my god like all these things like poor Arthur and I feel like it's not as 
any more deep than that. And again, that's a, that's like why I'm conflicted because it's like I wish there was more subtlety there, but there isn't. But maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. So that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, I, I know that's a big problem that a lot of people had with the movies. They're like, you're you know, oh boo hoo, you know, about this guy and everything, and, and he we shouldn't feel bad for him. He's a terrible person and all these things. But like, I guess it just I think it depends on how you view a lot of like moral questions and stuff like because everybody's morals I think are different and people people have their beliefs for different reasons and different experiences that they've had in their lives me personally I'm the type of person to where like I think environment is very um, important when shaping what a person does and everything and I think like like I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> put this in like a good sentence but like like I'm against the death penalty because um, I think like when people are say you know like oh this guy is a murderer so he needs to be murdered well I think that's kind of like hypocritical because why does a group of person a group of people get to decide that we should take this person's life and that's how we tell other people hey don't take other people's lives you know and so I think from my moral standpoint, like, I mean, I, that, that by no means is justifying the actions, you know. When people commit crimes and, you know, just like Arthur Fleck and everything, nothing that he did was justifiable. But I think that it just depends on how you, how you look, at the, look at it and look at how people commit crimes and why. And so I don't, I don't really see it as, like, um, I don't even think really that the film is, like, um, what do you call it, uh, glorifying it either. I think it's an observation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're on the outside seeing this as it unfolds and seeing it as it happens. Um, and, yeah, and I think a lot of this stuff is, is just kind of, like I said, like the, the environment. And obviously a lot of it happened in his childhood as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think that it all just depends on how people view that stuff. Yeah. I think that's why this movie has been so controversial. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think... Is, um, oh, sorry. It is, it is interesting that you brought up the death penalty part because uh, that Batman's moral is that he sh- we shouldn't kill people either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, his famous quote was that uh, if you kill a murderer, the number of murderers in the world remain the same. That's, that's what it goes for. Um, and also you brought up the point about sympathizing with Arthur Fleck mm-hmm. I guess that was a good point for the movie in general because um, I don't know have you read uh, or watched The Killing Joke I have read it yeah yeah so uh, do you never I forgot the name of the character who actually beans the Joker in The Killing Joke I don't think he has a name either wait who actually yeah in The Killing Joke the one who's the comedian Oh, like the he, before his name, yeah. like his name before he becomes the Joker. Yeah. I I don't think he has a name. I may be wrong, but okay. I'm not entirely sure. Actually, yeah. is Arthur Fleck the name? No, of no, him? Arthur Fleck is uh, unique to Joker, the movie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, in the Killing Joke, he goes to financial struggle. His wife is uh, struggling. So, mm-hmm. um, but we never sympathize with the character in general, cause the movie, cause the comic, and both the movie go back and forth from present and past so I guess we don't get to see his transformation until like the end 
where he goes into spoiler where he goes into the acid and then he becomes a joker mm-hmm. however this movie made it more general more dynamic kind of thing and it wasn't abstract like oh it's the chemicals that's causing him mm-hmm. to go crazy it's his insanity breaking him to uh, to uh, to the down and then something much more like yeah or he hits his rock like bottom less tangible yeah yeah he hits his rock bottom and then it's like the last straw that his mother lied to him and he was like that's it I'm done mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah yeah because that's a better origin story of Joker when you think about it yeah yeah I think sorry were you gonna no you can go ahead. okay I just want to say real quick um yeah I remember like reading about that difference and everything mm-hmm. and I think like. I, I think that's really important and I, I really like it personally because I think it I, again it shows that these kind of people exist in our society and that this is like in a sense quote unquote a real thing as in people act out and commit crimes and do these things not necessarily because you know they they were covered with acid it's because you know life happens and a lot of times people don't know how to deal with it or they don't have the resources to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a more realistic origin story. Uh, there was something that I was going to briefly bring up. Oh, just as sort of a, 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 not really a counterpoint, but just something I wanted to, to bring up is like, like, occasionally throughout watching this movie, especially at the beginning, it always feels like, it, like for, for, for better or worse as to what the movie's going for, but like, Arthur isn't really doing things, but things are happening to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that when, I think I think that's what's kind of making me feel off-putting about it because it's like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I actually was gonna say too, like, because um, before before I started the whole uh, moral conversation thing, do you remember what you mentioned? You mentioned like, uh, you mentioned some. Oh yeah, like how it's shoved in your face. Like oh, feel bad for this person. Mm-hmm. I that that makes sense. Like you know, I I get why. You, you would say that yeah um but yeah and 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 with the whole like everything happening to him thing like obviously in a normal situation with a normal person they're not gonna snap like that Mm -hmm. but this guy growing up you know he was constantly beaten and he has all these problems wrong with him and so yeah that's that's what i point to as to why like Mm -hmm. it, it it was like this, that, 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 snap, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas in real life, that wouldn't happen, you right. know, or, you know, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Arthur is a guy who's living his life, doing his job, but it's the people who are troubling him unnecessarily, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, in the train scene, it was the three, I don't know, businessmen, but so the, the three bullies were the one who disturbed him, he was just sitting around, and I guess that's the point uh, Todd Field wants us to say better than that, he's a normal guy who just wants to live his normal life he's more or less happy with it yeah and I think that's really important too like the fact that he really wants to be normal Mm -hmm. like and it's been like that since I think the beginning of the movie he was just as messed up like from the very beginning I don't think he like I think he got worse but like everything was there right it was almost Mm -hmm. kind of like a predisposition um but I, a lot of times in the movie, you can tell that he wants to be this normal guy. He wants to be like everybody else. And I think, you know, the smiling mouth scene mm. is a good point where it shows him, like, I, I want to be normal. I want to be happy like everybody else, but I'm not. Mm. And um, also, too, like, a lot of the scenes where, like, he 
kills somebody, like he kind of has to regroup within within in within himself because he's like freaking out because he just took somebody's life, you know. And uh, also too, like um, there's a couple times where after he kills somebody, I think he, when he killed Murray, like he's like crying, you know. Yeah. And so I think there is a part of him inside. Like I think that shows that on the inside there is a part of him that is like like. I know that I shouldn't be doing these things, and I know that this is bad and this is wrong, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, well, so why am I doing it? And, like, I think it shows internal struggle, mm-hmm. and I, I really like those, like, again, those little details yeah. uh, that you can point out. I think so much is that so much of that is indebted to Walking Phoenix's performance. I think he... he carries this movie so hard oh my gosh because um, I even in that moment I think because he like fidgets and he's, he's, he's bouncing his leg up and down and he, he doesn't know what to do with himself he just gets up and like sort of fidgets and then does his little dance and then moves along there's yeah. so many like I I think a lot of the subtleties in this movie lie in I know I'm talking a lot about subtleties in a movie that probably isn't yeah. going for that but I think a lot of the subtleties lie in little mannerisms that 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 Walking Phoenix does throughout the movie, including during that scene. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised and also salty if he doesn't win uh, the Oscars for the best actor. I personally think it should go to Adam Driver, but oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> I still yeah. haven't seen that. I'm bad. Mm. No, I actually like that movie, but I don't know. I think. Like, the Joker role might have been, like, hard to kind of, like, get your, like, head into that character mm-hmm. than the other character, but um, something I, that I was going to mention... I am... Sorry to interrupt um, you, but I am yeah, sort yeah. of biased because, like, I'm a huge Adam Driver fan, but, yeah. yeah you oh, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. I was just going to... You mentioned about things happening to Arthur, right? And I think one of the biggest things for me to, like, get a grasp on was him getting invited on the Murray show. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, like, so, like like... The chance of that happening is so hard. So I thought that was kind of, like, unbelievable in some mm-hmm. sense. The chance of him getting on this big show, like, as a platform for him. But I thought that was really out there for some reason. Do you think that adds to the theory that, like, the entire thing was just, like, in his head? I mean, yeah, it kind of does because it is so out there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's for the watcher to make a judgment <laughs> on. Yeah. If that's true, then Arthur Fleck's incredibly creative. He just thought all all all, all that. Well, wow. I personally like Adam Driver. Like every movie I watch him, he gets better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Like I watched uh, him as Kylo Ren, then Black Kicked Clansman, then Patterson, uh, then The Report, and then The Marriage Story. He keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. But I guess Phoenix did more of a creative stuff in the movie that I think I actually personally like him better. Cause in the train scene, you see him laughing and also being trying to stop laughing and being. You know, scared at the same time. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a really hard thing to pull off as an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I actually heard that like somebody that actually has that disorder because it's it's real. Um, they watched that movie and they're like, that is exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that's really Whoa. impressive because I I've never heard of this disorder before. I mean, you know, um, and it it was still was just a really authentic performance and like before watching this movie the only movie that i've ever seen him in Joaquin Phoenix was Signs which is like this old alien movie and like he's not even he's not even a really a big character in it you know um and so you know i come in walking into this movie theater i see it and i'm like 
wow. Like, just from watching it, I was just, like, I was I was really blown away by his performance. Like, mm-hmm. it's clear that a lot of that, like, I don't think it would have been the same if anybody else did it, like, honestly, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a fun detail about the laugh, um, which I think you'd like his detail, <laughs> but at the end, apparently, <laughs> so at the end when he's in the room, you know, he's back in the insane asylum or mm-hmm. whatever, um, apparently that was the only moment in the movie where Arthur laughs, like, genuinely. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, watched the scene again, and I was like, yeah, that really does sound different from all of his other laughs. Mm-hmm throughout the movie yeah 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 also like an interesting fact actually more like a theory is that if you see the card in the beginning that he shows to the woman that he has a condition mm-hmm. in the back it's written it's it is caused by a, dra- a brain damage or some disorder and later in the movie uh, when you go to the flashback of his mother being interrogated mm-hmm. uh, the officer says that your son was found uh, tied to the radiator and he suffered a serious trauma to the head. So there's a theory going that his mother or his mother's boyfriend actually hit him and that caused him the condition to laugh. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. probably... And yeah. They say that's the reason why he killed his mother. Because mm-hmm. she, she didn't... Yeah, she, she, she's, a, he's a, she's the reason why he's like that. There's a, there's a couple things. So... Uh, I wanted to add to that. <laughs> One was just kind of a funny detail adding on to that because I remember on the card it said like, like kindly return this card, oh, and oh she God. doesn't return yeah, the that card. Makes me so <laughs> mad! Yeah. That made me so oh, mad. I didn't catch that. I was like, yeah. I was like, are you gonna give it back? <laughs> I was like, oh jeez, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how they kept the like uh, chaoticness, if you will, or like us uh, s- spontaneous. Like unpredictability, I really like how they kept that an element within the Joker because you know that was really strong mm-hmm. with Heath Ledger's Joker, yeah. um, and in this one, like every time he kills somebody, it's not really planned. He just kind of mm-hmm. walks up in there and does it, and then suffers the consequences afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it. I think it shows just how like unhinged he is. Yeah. As a person. And it and it is, but like at. Um, all the people that he kills are people that I guess have like wronged him in some way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's not like, okay, I'm gonna do this, this is I'm gonna right. get rid of the body, I'm gonna you know It's not so meticulously planned like, He's just acting on straight emotion. Right. Yeah, and I would say that's not unique to either Phoenix or Ledger's Joker. It's like Joker is like that. That's what makes him interesting to work mm-hmm. with. And that's why I say that uh, the apartment scene, the first Joker scene because you don't know what's gonna happen next, like uh, you okay he kills the the one of the he's one of his crew uh, one of his coworkers, but you don't you don't know what he's gonna do with the other one the mm-hmm. magic one, that's what keeps you on the edge and that's what mm-hmm. I, that's why I say it's the first Joker scene, quote unquote. I have a fun pun. He doesn't know what card he's gonna draw next. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, uh, the whole, uh, like, unpredictability, like, in a lot of the scenes where I was surprised. And, like, I don't really... Some people can literally just predict, like, a whole movie. I can't do that. I've never been able to do that. But, like, really, like, like the, the train scene surprised me. Murray surprised me because I I knew that something was going to happen. But I was like, is he going to shoot himself? Is His relationship? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, everything, like, a lot of times I was just kind of, like... 
like, what is this guy about to do, you know? And then it happened, and it was like, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay, that's where we're going. <laughs> I know it, it. this might seem contrary to what I've been saying, but I don't like to nitpick a lot of really, like, plot, a lot of, like, plot details a lot. Mm-hmm. More so I like to think of, like, like, in terms of, like, the smaller details stuff about, like, why is GarageBand doing this? <laughs> we're fine, but, like, it's, it's being really weird right now. Oh, you use GarageBand for this? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, like, I like to think about little details in terms of like subtlety and what the movie is saying thematically. But I don't like when people complain about like uh, a movie like The Last Jedi, which is a movie I really adore for having like plot holes. I'm like, dude, just shut up. Just like, <laughs> just just enjoy the movie and, and what it's saying and, and have fun on the ride. But like, I was like, I thought there was a little bit of a plot hole near the end because it's like. Why does Arthur's mom still have custody of him even though she, like, allowed what happened to him happen? That's a good point. That's a good question. Because it's like, cause she was institutionalized, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was. I mean, I don't know. The only thing that I would think of is that they, because when they took her in, they realized that she was also a beat, and so they were thinking, like, you know, she couldn't defend herself or the kid because then one of them might die. That's the only thing that I could think of, but that is kind of, like, weird because you would think he would go to, like, foster care or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just, like, how Arthur was mistreated. They didn't really put much thought to him. They were just, like, they just let it slide. And the other thing, too, know. is if this is if this takes place in the 70s or 80s, before that, when he was a kid, and he's, like, in his 40s in this movie, so, like, I don't think... They take that's a good. That's yeah, a, that's, a, that's a really good point. You know, yeah. World War Two, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. women's rights and mental health and issues and all that was really not prioritized. Probably. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. I guess it's sort of weird to just put myself in that mindset. Like, oh, you know, it's good that we've probably gotten a lot better than where we were in the seventies yeah. and prior. Yeah. In terms of mental health mm-hmm. treatment. Yeah, that's why I brought up the Ronald Reagan thing because in the movie. He's like, they've been cut. Mm-hmm. You know, that apparently happened in real life. Yeah. yeah, it's like a mix of, like, facts and fiction, mm-hmm. yeah. basically, which is cool. I heard that, in general, it was based on, like, New York situation in the 80s mm-hmm. because on Reagan, but also, like, I think it was called, like, I mean, also, like, yeah, war on drugs, but there was, like, also, like, a, a garbage problem in New York or something in the 80s that was really big, mm-hmm. and even the, the subway killing was based on a true thing that happened, except yeah. the real story is actually really racist. <laughs> yeah. It's I heard a story I don't remember quite correctly. The what? The real story that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't heard of it, but I mean, I doubt there's never, ever been a... Or I would de- I would be surprised if there had never been a murder on a subway. Yeah, Like, yeah. I'd be shocked if that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What a terrible place to die. <laughs> Awful. Oh, yeah. Imagine yeah. dying on the light rail. <laughs> oh. mm, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, were you going to say something? Uh, yeah, actually, you draw the parallel between New York. Actually, Gotham is actually based in New York. And oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. And you also mentioned uh, that I, found, I kind of feel it, felt it odd that they said that they were the Wall Street guys who were murdered in the movie. Mm-hmm. But actually, they don't have a Wall Street in uh, Gotham. It's in New York, so... That's kind of an odd detail for me. Another pothole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. I guess they left it in the script, kind of. Mm. 
I guess they're just like, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of works. Because, I mean, because they're going for, like, a like a pseudo Right, it's not thing. totally yeah. real life. But it's not, like, you know, totally fiction either, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I was, like, about was, like, just how many people he got away with killing, you know? I mean, yeah, again, it was, it's not now in the 70s and 80s, you know, things got by easier. But, like, like for instance, like, when he killed his mom, I was like, okay, somebody had to let him in there, though, right? So if they came after they let him in and she was dead, like, yeah, I guess she could have, like, died in her sleep, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, how come... I mean, yeah, the cops were, like, onto him, but they weren't, like... I don't think they had, like, proof. Mm-hmm. I think he that was a suspect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a scene where the cops were, like, chasing him? Yeah. yeah. The train? That was yeah. a really cool scene. I, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, my God. I saw, like, the behind-the-scenes filming for that, and I thought the whole car scene thing was filmed with, like, a stunt double, but in the behind-the-scenes thing, he just gets bodied by a car. No <laughs> Like, no obviously, way. there's probably some technique to it and stuff, but, like, I was expecting it to be a different person, but no, it was him, and he just gets off the car and just keeps running, and I'm like, whoa, oh, my God. Method acting. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> Commitment. Only to just become a giant meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that image just, like, surface everywhere yeah. after, <laughs> after that movie memes. came out. The I remember you sent me the, the video <laughs> of the vibe check and it's the movie thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the best one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, another thing of, that I wanted to point out was how um, somebody pointed out to me how Arthur Fleck had become like so like dangerous by the time like the apartment scene because like the guy that he killed was probably at least three hundred pounds, and Arthur Fleck is severely underweight mm-hmm. and the fact that he could kill this dude was kind of like whoa yeah that's that's kind of scary <laughs> you know mm-hmm. another know. point to prove that it's not real yeah do you think the film like would would see I feel like if it, if it all wasn't real then like I I don't know what the point would be true yeah. It's been some, know, some guy, some some, some also, mentally ill, mentally ill guy's fever dream about. Yeah, that's yeah. why I don't. I, yeah. I think that's why I I really really hope it's not all in his head. Yeah. But the other thing too that I also, also saw. That, that's oh sorry. That's, that's just such like a like a tired trope too. Like oh my god, it it's was all in his head. Yeah. 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 It's kind of fun to like cons- yeah. 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 Is that a verb? I don't know. Yeah, but the other thing also that I saw that I that I heard of was like. All the scenes that have a clock in the background Never, are at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I know. Never, and I'm like, yeah. no! That, that, I so hate I've heard two interpretations of that. Whoa. The one is that um, every time there's 11 11, it's a dream. But the, uh, but the other thing is that something happens at 11 11. Uh, at 11 p.m. and 11 11 p.m. So uh, when he was at the. The only time it's not the 11 11 time is when he's at the. Uh, Back, back room of the Murray Franklin show when he's getting ready for the show. At that time, it's like 10.40. Mm-hmm. So it, people say that he he shot uh, Murray at 11 and 11 p.m. That's crazy. So it was foreshadowing that scene. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because really the other scenes with 11, 11 in it were the, um, when he went to his therapist. Yeah. That's one. And then also when he's in the asylum at the very end. Mm-hmm. And there's a... Oh, also, too, when he's in the asylum banging his head against the door. 
says 1111. Remember, he was like, she was like, do you know why you were in the asylum? And he was like, I don't know, but it showed him a clip of him bashing his Wait, head against the door. was that at the end or the beginning? In the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was like, I should, I should have been put back. Or he said something like, mm. I like the asylum. Mm. Um, something like that, which is a whole nother point mm-hmm. about how many people go to jail because they actually get food and shelter there mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of being homeless. There's also a theory that um, that guy never gave him the gun. He had somewhere acquired because he never asked for it. And uh, when confronted, he was surprised. I mean, he was trying to act surprised, you could say that, but he never asked him back for it. Mm-hmm. So people say he got, he got the gun somewhere else, but he was trying to blame him. So he changed his memory that yeah, he gave him. Yeah. You guys were bringing up 1111. I just kept thinking about Jeremiah 1111, like the us. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like the quote, Jeremiah 1111? Uh, or just like the, that that usage of 1111. Yeah, yeah I, us. Wait, what, what is it? I'm not familiar with it. Like a Bible? It's in, yeah, it's yeah. a Bible verse. I know it's a Bible verse. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah I don't know what it is. I remember looking it up after the movie, but mm. not like I wow, remember yeah. it by now. <laughs> I just like saw these things like in random at random times, and I was like... Uh, that's, I just, I maybe it's also the same because because like it's it's neat that like it, it does like the eleven eleven for everything. I wasn't entirely sure what it meant in us, uh, but I'm also not entirely sure what it means here. Oh, uh, us! It was in us. Yeah. Oh. The Jeremiah eleven eleven. Oh. Yeah. Right. Right. If you look yeah. up what the story is, I, it makes it actually makes a lot of sense. Like because mm-hmm. you know usually Bible verses kind of like stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember it making sense. Maybe it doesn't. The quote is, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Sounds kind like of applies. Yeah. 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 If you think about it for like it's a like week. Wrath. <laughs> makes sense. Disobey me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... Again, I, I still feel a little iffy about this movie overall. I still have it rent I still have it rented on Amazon for like forty four more hours, so I have a couple chances to keep watch, or to watch it again. But um, so maybe it will. Maybe we'll see if I can pick up on on things I didn't. Oh, they're playing it on um thirty thirty first and first February. Oh yeah, each of us, right? Yeah. Each of us. RPB something. Yeah, I need to see it for a second time. Oh, that screening's gonna <laughs> gonna be pretty packed. I I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're also playing uh, Bombshell and Queen and Slim. Mm. I want to oh, see that yeah, yeah. I was oh, I was interested in, in both of those, but yeah. like I never. Never got a time to, so yeah. I'm trying to go there. Yeah. Plus, I I heard not so great things about Bombshell. I don't want to pay for it. Actually, for it, so <laughs> it kind of bombed. Yeah. <laughs> Margot Robbie though. Yeah. Um, oh, she also had the movie uh, Birds and Pr- Birds of Prey. Oh yeah, the Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, new movie. Oh my god, I'm so glad they didn't have Harley Quinn in this movie, in Joker. Yeah. I'm so glad. Okay, so they are, <laughs> yeah. they're making a sequel, and I hope they introduce Harley Quinn in that. Uh-huh. But they're making a sequel to Joker. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, they're Joker. Are. I don't really think it's a good weird. choice though. Yeah, no. Todd Phillips said he wouldn't make a sequel. I. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I heard yeah. that there was. Yeah, I heard they're planning to make it. Oh, I guess my I guess was old. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I, don't th- I don't think it's going to... I don't think there should be a sequel. Because everything that... Every, there's nothing more to be said. I, I, don't I mean, think. I wanted more of Joker. So yeah. Maybe, maybe they can do that. I love Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, like, 
so much, but mm-hmm. I don't think another movie is mm-hmm. worth it. They could actually add um, either Harley Quinn's journey, oh, sorry, Harley Quinn's into Harley Quinn, or something like a death in the family, where he, where like he was the best of the Joker. I'm not sure if I've read oh. the of the family. That, that's basically one which uh, Red Hood is based on, under Red Hood. Okay. Yeah. But I guess, yeah. Wasn't Suicide Squad a flop? Yeah. I never yeah. saw it. I never saw it either. I've seen so It's many kind of like things. my guilty pleasure. That one Pirates <laughs> song, though. Heathens? Yeah. yeah that goes off. Yeah, I never saw it. I, You know, my brother forced me to watch The Dark Knight, and I'm glad that he did. <laughs> but, yeah, I never saw that. And then I just saw the trailer for Joker when it came out, and I was like, oh, I'm going to that. That's going to mm-hmm. be an, an amazing movie. And I was not disappointed. Mm-hmm. So... I'm glad. I'm glad you got more out of it than I did. Yeah. And both of you, I'm glad you got more out of it than I did. Uh, yeah, it was just... Again, I just feel very iffy, very mixed about it. There are th- a lot of things I really I really like about it, a lot of things I really don't like about it. So um, I hope I made my point clear. And I'm glad that we could have this respectful discussion and not be yelling at each other. I would give it like a 3 out of 5. There's, there's slightly more good stuff than... The bad stuff in my opinion. Yeah, I think for me it was more. I think the stylistic choices really like pushed me over to liking it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story could have been better. Yeah, no, I think. Deeper, maybe I, don't I think everything, everything that I find at fault with it is just is just due to the script. I think it needed to be tightened a lot more. I think mm-hmm. it could have been a lot more subtle and a lot more compelling in in some areas. But I think like the cinematography, obviously Walking Phoenix's performance, mm-hmm. the sound design. Uh, just like the world building in, gen- in general and like uh, getting the feeling of, of like this grimy Gotham City mm-hmm. atmosphere I think it was like really really cool and really captivating again I just feel like the script could have been a little better yeah little apart better. from the script the rest of the parts were really great and we watched it in Cinerama which was which yeah. actually enhanced the experience was it in 35mm? 70mm oh, oh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was cool it was like very cool to see it like yeah. that I've never yeah. been to the Cinerama I really want to at some yeah. point that was my second time actually I the first time was seeing Get Out which was really cool it's Ooh. a really good awesome theater I wanted to watch 1917 in that but right now they're only playing uh, Rise of Skywalker mm. are, <laughs> That's so are they eventually going to bring it? Like I don't know uh, so that I'm thinking of going to backside for that Okay. That's another disappointment. <laughs> In my opinion, I was not a fan of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say 1917. <laughs> no, I haven't seen 1917 yet. <laughs> it's a really, really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I saw the back, uh, behind the scenes of that. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. they did that. <laughs> it is. I, yeah. First, I wasn't very interested by it, but it, see, it seems really cool, and now I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't watched it yet because horror movies make me upset. I watched the screen oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that from, too. from the club, mm-hmm. but I want to watch it in IMAX, honestly. I, re- I was thinking about trying to go see it in uh, 4DX, like at the Meridian Theater mm-hmm. that has like the yeah. seats that shake around. I've never seen a movie in 4DX, but I feel like that would be like a really cool immersive A good movie that I recommend for 4DX, I don't think it's playing right now, was Ford vs. Uh, Ferrari. I still need to check that one out. Yeah, yeah. In, I was in 48 and it was like uh, you could feel being in the car at that point that's really cool yeah and I guess the one that would come out eventually would be Top Gun that would be oh great oh my god I want to see that so bad oh, I'm was, so excited we're seeing that in 40 X. yes I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited they were out there playing flying real fighter jets and their faces 
are manipulated by G-Force. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't seen Top Gun, but Danger Zone, that goes off The first well. one, the first Top Gun really, it's... it's oh, like it's it, not great? I think they loved it in the 80s, but... Wait, how many Top Gun movies are there? Just the one. Oh, just the one. But he's making a second one, like, 37 years later. It's insane. I like the dog fights in that movie. Tom Cruise is... 57. 57 wow. years old. <laughs> <laughs> Still looking good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anyways. Back I to really, Joker. I really like um, Joker a lot. And I think I think I actually really like the kind of in-your-face um, vibe that it has. Like, mm-hmm. And I think I think that is a thing that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Like, uh, in my opinion, I think it makes a lot of really like good points that we should be thinking about and talking about. And I think, like, you know, people don't like being told, like, hey, you should reconsider these things. Like, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, and so I get it, but I, yeah. I really like it. I enjoy it a lot, so. Yeah, I guess my lasting thought would be, like, usually, like, I think a movie's good if it keeps me really, like, focused and, like, brought into the world, and Joker definitely did that. And, like, I wasn't, like, my mind wasn't wandering. It was just focusing mm-hmm. on the movie the whole time. So, like, I think on that point, or, yeah. It made a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. This may not be the best incarnation of Joker, but it's definitely the uh, best origin story. And the one that actually makes sense, to be honest. <laughs> oh my god. I saw a couple of people complaining about how Joker isn't mysterious enough in this movie. He's, he, he's supposed to have an ambiguous backstory. And I'm like, it's an origin story. How? How is that? No, actually, I kind of like that. They also kept it quite ambiguous by not making it subtle, as you said. <laughs> like, it's kind of ambiguous, to be honest. You can interpret yeah. it however, however you want. A lot of people were, yeah. were upset, though, about how... I don't know. No, I don't know. To be honest, I was like... First, I was like, I don't know if they could pull it off, but they did. Mm-hmm. And they did yeah. really good. Honestly, there was a lot of ambiguity for being a character, like, origin story. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would. I would probably for me. I'd probably give it a nine or nine point five out of ten. For oh, me, I was I was expecting for you to see or five f- out of five. or five out of five. Yeah, I like ten grading scale because I'm picky. But mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, yeah, I I mean, like I said, like Fight Club is also one of my like favorite movies. Like I just really like movies that make me think mm-hmm. and make me like be like, huh, yeah, okay, this. How does this apply to real world and everything like that? And so that's why I think I. Like it so much. You better enjoy Parasite when you see it. I probably will. <laughs> Hearing about it, I, I think I will. I just need to watch it. In AJ, have you seen Have you seen Parasite? Yeah, I've seen. I think Parasite. It, it doesn't deal with like the mental illness mm. stuff, but in terms of the class stuff, I think Parasite deals with that so brilliantly. So, yeah, go see Parasite if you haven't already. I mean, if you listeners, wanna, okay. Yeah, I really want. Parasite to does a good job of um, class stuff. If you want to watch more about the class difference, there's a movie called Gully Boy on Amazon Prime. J-U-L-L-Y Boy. It's kind of... Um, I actually like that movie. It's in... Uh, it's kind of deals with the staff being the working class versus the rich kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, definitely go check that out. Is there any recommendations you guys want to like throw in there? Her. Watch her. If you need another Joaquin Phoenix movie, watch her. It is amazing. <laughs> Um, uh, hmm, let me think about this. I don't know, the first one that pops in my head is, Little like... Woman. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but 
for some reason, this movie popped in my head. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Because I haven't seen a lot of Wes oh. Anderson films, but that one was really good to me yeah. for some reason. I would say yeah. currently you could watch 1917. That, that all, I really like that. If you want to watch more of Joker, watch Mark Hamill's movies on that. All right, he was his Joker for all the animated yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was I totally forgot about yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Under the Red Hood, and I guess he also did Killing Joke, the recent one. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess other than Parasite, uh, I just recently, it most likely isn't going to be in theaters anymore, but this the new Terrence Malick movie, I Hidden Life, which is like my favorite of last year, about the, um, the this uh, based on a true story, a conscientious objector during World War II. I think it's so life-affirming and uh, patient and beautiful, and it's just perfect. I love that movie so much. And I haven't seen any any other Terrence Malick movies, and I really want to now because I've heard The Tree of Life is, like, incredible. So, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. Let's go 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of wish we had that nominations list out right now. We could be talking about that. But I mean, we can guess who wins the Oscar. That would be fun to do. I think they're going to... I love this movie, but I think they're going to go safe and pick be- Best Picture as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably. I, that's my favorite movie all the time, but I don't think they will. Because it's, a, it's more controversial than Joker, I would say. Really? Wow. Yeah. They were, um, the one thing I don't like about it is that they show someone as great as Bruce Lee in a negative way. Oh, yeah. Mm, I had yeah. a problem with that, too. And the whole feet thing, Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope Greta Gerwig gets recognition. Yeah. I yeah. really am hoping for, like, a Best Director nomination yeah. for her. Just if something. she doesn't get it, then I'll be really upset. Mm-hmm. Like, she really put so much like warmth and, and grace yeah. into that movie. And she was pregnant while filming. So mm. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Wow. She was uh, she kind of hit it by always wearing this really bulky jacket every single day, so no one knew. Wow. Yeah. They just they never wow. questioned why she wore the same jacket every single day. <laughs> like it must just must just be a jacket she loves. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um no, that's crazy. I was I wasn't aware of that. Wow. Yeah, go see Little Women, too. Little <laughs> yes. Women's really, really, yeah. really good. So wholesome. But I guess Tarantino should win Best Director. Say that again? Sorry. Tarantino should win Best Director. He's up there. He's up there. <laughs> I, 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 I would say Bong Joon-ho for Parasite is my, is my pick. Mm. Mm, yeah. Although yeah. Greta is a close second. Yeah. Wait, when was Tarantino's last movie? Because I haven't seen a lot of his movies. Uh, before this, so I guess it was... It's been a while. Hateful Eight. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, because that's his. Yeah, because they do it like because this was the ninth and hateful eight was his eighth. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. I if you count Kill Bill as one movie, Kill Bill Part One and Two. Right. Yeah. Which I guess he does because like yeah. every it's all basically the yeah. I've seen that like, movie so many times and they just merge in my head because I've seen it yeah. so much. There's but, a lot of blood in Kill Bill. Yeah. 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 See, and those are one of my like childhood favorites. Like <laughs> that's yeah. It's that's, a kung fu movie, so there's gonna be yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Yeah. I need to watch more of his movies. My I favorite one is The Inglourious Bastard. Yeah. I, I love hear, that I movie good, so much. I yeah. good things about that one. I don't know. I mean, I, I really, really like that one. Like, but I don't know. For some reason, Django Unchained is just 
so it's such so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. he smashes that cup with his actual hand <laughs> and gets actual blood on his face. What a legend! Like, <laughs> so happy he finally has an Oscar. I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Revenant is was, so good. Now we just gotta get Jake Gyllenhaal as Oscar. His Oscar. <laughs> I was gonna say Brad Pitt. Yeah. Brad oh, Pitt's he a best. I. No, we're talking about this. He doesn't. He doesn't have one for acting. Yeah. That's He's never insane. won an acting an acting Oscar. I think that that's my pick for yeah. best supporting yeah, this year. He should get that and I think yeah. it's it's gonna be what it, who ends up winning for best supporting also. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting that we talk about Inglourious Bastard. Do you remember the scene uh, where Hans Landa comes in and uh, we go to sh- uh, sh- I forgot her name. How how in a past in one scene like could you? I, the soundtrack oh was, yeah yeah in the past where she's running away yeah 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 when, no but it was like in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. like when he comes in and you can hear the drums going out that was this, uh, I remember the, like that's similar to the scene where Joko is about to kill Murray Franklin like you could hear the drums oh, beating up yeah. yeah and I kind of and that was one of one, that's one of the best why should I want the best soundtrack that that was a yeah no, that was a moment where the soundtrack really really yeah, worked for like, me because it was like <laughs> The tension's like, oh, uh, that made my, no, oh, that, my anxiety was so, like, up there during that scene. I was like... <laughs> yeah, and even, like, I, I think that movie, surprisingly, like, the, the intensity is still, you know, racketed up so much, like, on a, on a second viewing. Like, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And if, yeah, I, it, it, still worked, it still worked really well for me. All the, all the tense mm-hmm. scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we've already kind of said our closing thoughts, but is there anything else we, you guys want to add? I don't think so. Okay. This is cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. This is going to be the longest episode that I've ever recorded. Really? As of Whoa. when this is being recorded. I was expecting it to be long, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's yeah. a lot Extra to unpack in this movie. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Lot, yeah, there's a lot of us, so we all had like a lot, mm-hmm. lot of thoughts to bring yeah. up yeah. as well. You guys, you guys all had all all did great. All brought up really good things. So yeah, thank you, Layla. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, AJ, for for being here, bringing this movie. It was fun to talk about, and I'm glad I like it a little bit more than I did after first viewing. Because after first viewing, I I really was not a fan, and now I'm like, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Three out of five. More positive vibes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, But yeah, uh, thank you listeners for listening. You can catch our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And you can find us on Facebook at UW Film Club and on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye-bye.